Hello and welcome to You Don't Know Lit. My name is Nick Argeris and this week I'm looking for the best book ever written named Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. To help me are two mm. high school English teachers, Ian and Joe. Hi, Nick. My name is Joe Holshue. Towering. Two no. towering. My name is Joe Holshue. I read The Two Towers this week. You read The oh Two Towers gosh. this week. And I am excited to talk about it. There's something Christmassy about Lord of the Rings and I, I yeah. can never quite put yeah. my, feel, my finger on it. Yeah. Winch. I mean, maybe it's like okay. you, you over time. Like, so for me, that was always break. And so it was my time when I had free, t- free time to watch movies that were literally like a third Five of a day long. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's, maybe that's, that's why sort of you, it's not Christmassy in and of itself, the way right. Die Hard is Christmassy, right. but over time you start to associate it with Christmas. Sure. Like if you only ate, like if every Christmas dinner you ate lime jello for Christmas dinner. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's the only time that you ate it all right. year long. Then lime jello would feel Christmassy. It's true. It's a good point. This is taking forever. Also, I'm just a little confused because, Joe, I'm not yeah, sure was- how you don't know why this feels Christmassy. You told us a whole story the last time we did the first Lord of the Rings about how you always watch Lord of the Rings on Christmas. So I'm not sure how you don't remember your own story here. Try it's true. Wait, wait. Let's 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 disambiguate the d- details here. Joe, do you actually watch Lord of the Rings every Christmas or do you try to, but your <laughs> wife saw through your lie like yes. one year in? Ian's got it. Well, it was, I don't think it was one year in. I think it was like a couple years in, but my wife's family, and I'll do the short version of this. My wife's family has many Christmas Why? traditions. <laughs> I'll do the long one. You got to the long one? Merry Christmas. My wife's family has many Christmas traditions, including movies that they watch every Christmas or every holiday season. We already heard this story. Yeah, but there are yeah, tons of new lit heads. There's new lit heads all the time. We, yeah, we should like tell the story at least ago. once every 10 episodes. I don't think that's how podcasts work. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, fine. Basically, what these guys are trying to get at is I gaslit my wife for the first couple of years that we were married, telling her that watching The Lord of the Rings was a tradition in the whole shoe family, which is not true. I got her to watch it through once, and after that, she was done with it, and then she saw mm-hmm. through my lies. Um, mm-hmm. So now... When I watch Christmas, Lord of the Rings over break, I do it on my own in secret. Uh, keep it secret. Keep it safe. Keep it secret. Whom hom, Nick. Whom hom, Joe. And a very uh-huh. happy whom hom to you, Litheads. On a cop out day today, I redon my robes as a doctor of hobbitry mm. because we are going on a journey together, copping out the two towers. May your earlobes turn into assholes and shit on your shoulders. Hey, the plot doesn't fucking matter at all. This is what I think it's about. If you look closely <laughs> enough, every author was at some point a racist. Audiobooks don't count, right? All art is quite useless. <laughs> who, who, who told you that? Fun fact, that is how Joe laughs. <laughs>, 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 <laughs> Ian, when you reread these books, when you rewatch these movies, which one do you reread or rewatch the most? You know, like anytime you have a trilogy, there's one you just have the most time put into, right? So if you're just picking it up, you have time for one book. Do you start at the beginning? Do you forever read them in sequence over and over and over again? Or or do you always read do you always watch Return of the Jedi? <laughs> I do feel like it's I do feel like it's in sequence because I want to start with the fellowship because I have like very, very deep nostalgic, positive feelings for it. 
Um, can I can I share can I share a story with you guys? Yeah, about this. Please, this is whole episode. I think is going to be stories. It's just all story time. Yeah, it's like an NPR. It's like an NPR show. Um, I was 11 years old when the first when the first movie came out. I was Jesus young. Christ. And 11 is is young, right? And and this is 2001. People weren't wizened by and, and tarnished by social media. So uh, the 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 movie came out in the, the fellowship came out in 2001. My dad went to see it without me because oh. he wanted to make sure it was like not too scary for me. And it wasn't because he took me. He, he went to see it again with me. It was like the, the third movie I'd ever seen in theaters. It was just me and my dad. And we went. He got me soda. He got me popcorn. He told me there's a cave troll. You should cover your eyes. I had read the books already. <laughs> But and did so and it was like he was trusting me with this. I mean, it's a pretty intense film for an 11 year old. Yeah. Ian, did he tell you were a good, good boy? As we left, <laughs> as we left, you're going to mock this. Of course he, we are. Yeah. He took an almond joy out of his pocket and gave it to me. Yeah. And something about that. Oh, like, little, my that was goodness. Like the capper. Yeah, you have yeah. to have almond joys. Like, oh, my God. Like, this is the best day ever. So I have to start with fellowship because yeah. it's got these positive warm fuzzies. And once you do fellowship, there's such a good cliffhanger. You can't yeah, stop. With you gotta go to the two so towers. it's always, it's always serialized. I don't really do any of them by themselves. Yeah. So that reminds me of a couple things. I had a similar experience with my dad, but we went to star Wars, the phantom menace. Oh, um, cool. And I remember leaving that movie and be, and my dad is not a nerd, right? Like I bet your dad's okay. a nerd. He's, he's a jock. Yeah. My dad's a jock, right? <laughs> <laughs> He beats up nerds like your dad. No, like we went to we went to Star Wars and I didn't understand that it was bad at the time, right? Like like I was right. kind of young yet, so I'm like, yeah, yeah, that was amazing. And my dad's just like, uh, it, it was okay, kid. <laughs> and then I also realized one of the worst movies ever made. <laughs> I think the reason I associate Lord of the Rings with with um, Lord of the Rings with Christmas, besides the gaslighting project with my wife, is mm-hmm. yep. they they were released on Christmas, of course, yeah, in three sequential yep. years. They're always yep. released um, yep. about this time of year. And to be fair, like for for the th- for people of a certain age, for men of a certain age, um, this is a it's a it was a formative era of our lives. Like mm-hmm. this is the time when when you are figuring out what things do I like, what kind of what kind of person will I be? Will I be a nerd or will I be a jock? Fantastic stories. Uh, so I think we need to set some ground rules for this episode, which well, is please, um, please. stop uh, telling stories for one, um, <laughs> please. And then the no other more. one. I have no more stories. I'm okay, out. great. We got them all out, I'm sure. I have, um, well, we got all the Ian's out. Yep. I have a lot of stories. What else, Nick? What? Um, what are we doing here? Are we, yeah, what are here's, we doing here? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I hadn't read The Two Towers for quite some time. I I used to read through every year, and I've just gotten away from that. Probably, I think, during the PhD. Um, so it's been like five or six years. And coming back to The Two Towers as an older person and as a as a person who's done a lot, a lot more kind of critical reading, uh, I noticed some things I hadn't noticed before. And this is not going to be like... I don't weird. think that'll no, be interesting. No, no, no. Hear me out. Okay. This is not like... Not like weird, weird little connections where um the 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 part where he mentions Banga, Baron cutting the Ugh. the Silmaril off the Iron Crown and Thangorodrim is a clear reference to the Silmarillion. Okay. When that was all real, Leadheads. That was all real. That he didn't make that up. No. That was a real no. thing. Nope. Nope. It's uh, in his notes. But, but not that kind of content Easter egg type thing, but sort of critical things that I oh god, even better. Hey, Ian, I'm gonna treat this like I've I have no idea what this book is about. That's that's how we're gonna walk into this. I love that. So, guys, what um, welcome litheads to you don't know lit a weekly or as we call it strongly podcast where strongly every week podcast. a theme is selected. 
by either you or us, preferably you, mm-hmm. and Ian and Joe, two high school English teachers, bring book recommendations. Um, but once in a while, we don't do that. We just do one mm-hmm. book. So we still have some show rules to keep us on track. Rule number one, only unavoidable spoilers today. I don't want to know about how the birds could have, the eagles yeah. could have. No, we're not. No, that's, that's tired. tired. Yeah, that's tired. Okay. Rule number two, omit English words, Joe. I already blew that one. And rule number three. It's really hard for me. I know. Rule number three. I know it is. You do, you're doing your best. Rule number this is three, my best. Only winning matters, which doesn't matter. Especially this week. Especially only this winning week. matters one this book. week. Uh, anyway. Um, okay. So, Joe, I definitely want to hear you give me a 30-second plot overview of this. Oh, I love this. Okay. I did not prepare this, so let me just go off the Best. dome. We have it. Lord of the Rings, the Two Towers is split into two different books, each one dealing with one of the towers, right? There's like a part one and a part two. I think Tolkien had like names for these books at one point. I think there's some published versions that have names for them. But essentially, the first half of this book deals with, um, oh, the Sora. Man, the white wizard who is who is stripped of his powers mm. and things like that. The first half of this book deals with Saruman and the army that he's marshalling, you know, destroying forests and stuff like that. The second half of this book is our hobbits, our hero hobbits making their, their names way. Are? Their names are, of course, Frodo Baggins okay. and Samwise Gamgee. Great. Um, they they are making their way toward Mount Doom, where the second tower sits, um, very famously, iconically, like with the eyeball on top in the films. Um, where oh, the I've heard about tower that, sits, yeah. Yeah, it's got an eyeball. And, and on their way- This has got to be more than 30 to, seconds. To destroy like, yeah. the one oh, ring. This is and that's just excellent, Joe. Keep going. Well, Sprawling. So, okay. Um, that might have been our, our best 30-second- description ever what well, we should do them off the cuff more often yeah. so the two to just to, to i guess to just be explicit here so the two towers is about two towers it's about there's two actual towers <laughs> mm-hmm. two Got actual it. towers Yep. which is pretty no, good you don't actually, see so many towers anymore like you get like skyscrapers mm-hmm. sure you get like the washington monument but i feel like we should build like more towers just in honors of things. or as evil layers a, evil layers you got trump tower trump tower, oh, tower. that's an evil mm-hmm. layer I just, I want to do some quick calculations. Um, Anything you want to round out there, Ian? <laughs> no, I, got, I think I got it all. <laughs> all right, Ian, I've got this. Ian? Yeah. No, never mind. <laughs> no. <laughs> With the, the eagerness in no, my voice. I didn't like the way you answered that. Joe, keep going. <laughs> Joe, keep going. I have Wait, such a rich going. description of, of this world. I'd li- I just want you to keep building on Love it. Love it. Okay. Can I just tell you, Ian's going to like have some pedantic stuff, I would imagine. That, you know, to, oh, that yeah. Talks I just want to talk never. about the stuff in this book that's really, really cool. Can I do yep. that? Great. Yeah, you can Love start it. with one and then we'll, we'll hand the baton off. Okay. Nick, one of my favorite things in this book is the ants the ents mm. not ear nose and throat um these are of course um, the shepherds of trees okay what are ants joe ants are big tree people they're actually like the shepherds of Treeples. trees they're yeah treeple. they're treeple. Treeples they live in the forest they normally don't pay very close attention to the goings-on of men because like time is different for trees and and the lives of men are petty in a lot of ways mm. um but the ants get sucked into one of the battles in this and they are awesome and they 
do cool things and they are uh, pretty interesting. My favorite part about the ants is that no one expects. <laughs> that was terrible. Joe's, <laughs> what do you Joe's want? Ants are big trees ants. that get into a fight and they're awesome. <laughs> that's, yep, I'm, that's I told you dude. I'm going to list awesome things. The ants are one of the awesome things here. That was really cool. Ian, what are the ants and, and why are they so critical? And what, uh, hey, Ian, what is this book about? <laughs> the book is, the book is um, following up on what's happened in the first book. The book is extending the stories. So at the end of the first book, We've got some crises that happen. Um, the Fellowship, which is set to to go and destroy the ring, nine people, uh, they're shattered. Um, a couple of them go off in one direction. A bunch of them go off in a different direction. Some, some of them are captured. Some of them die. And so the book, the book kind of follows these characters as they kind of spread out across um, the southern part of Middle Earth. So the first book, as Joe mentioned, the first book is focused on a chase. There's a big, there's a big, big, big long chase, and then there's a battle, and then there's kind of a political showdown, which is weird. And then the second, <laughs> the second book is, it's strange. It's not really, um, it's not really adventure focused. It's more, uh, more of a character study. Actually, I can talk more about that in a little while. But I was really interested this this time reading through how the first book, the first half of the book has has just a ton of action, and the second mm-hmm. half is, let's see how these three individuals interact with each other and how they change and how they sort of grow, how their relationships grow. I yeah. had never really thought of Lord of the Rings that way before. I'm going to only address the movies in this particular episode that we're recording Great. right now. Oh, that's going to go really well. I remember. <laughs> so the first movie is like, it's tight. It's like, here's the setup. Here are the characters. Yeah. Yep. Uh, there's that great here's, soundtrack. Well, here's the mission. Is the soundtrack, Joe? Yes. Excellent. Mm-hmm. It's familiar. The structure is familiar. Like we're, I'm putting together a team Here, and yeah, then we have a quest. Putting, we're crewing yep. up. What I remember about the second one is that it's really we start to get into this real bullshit area of Tolkien's <laughs> writing abilities. It Well, it really gets pretty fractured, right? Like Ian kind of talked about these teams going in different directions, right? We have a few different, they're not really point of view characters, but we have a few different like centers of action that we start to follow. Yes. Like we have the hobbits that have been kidnapped. They are going one directions. We have the, the smaller fellowship that is chasing the hobbits who have been yep. kidnapped going chasing. in another yep. direction. We have the other hobbits who have just like noped out because they don't want to put the rest of the party in danger and they are on their way to Mount doom. And like that is, that's its own story. And the intertwining of these three stories is messy. At times, I think. Well, yeah, where the first the Fellowship of the Ring kind of brings everything down to a point. This is at that point, s- stress happens and there's a fracture and we see what happens after the, the fracturing. But I think, Nick, you said you said we get into a really kind of like undisciplined. Uh, I believe the word you used oh, was yeah. baloney. I think baloney. is this the first one where they really get the ganja out and <laughs> the the ants, the, the ants are getting stoned. Oh, Didn't we discover get, and the ants get drunk? Didn't yeah, we? I think on the last time we did a Lord of the Rings, the first Lord of the Rings, we we learned we did a little timeline and we learned that pipe yes. weed did was in fact slang when it was the writing. word weed was used to refer to marijuana uh, well before Tolkien was writing. So it's possible that that's what he was. It's possible he, he, he did smoke it's some possible. marijuana. <laughs> I mean, well, he was a huge square, so it's yeah. unlikely he was an Oxford Don, so it's unlikely. But you never know. I want to I want to kind of hit back a thing you said about like like kind of sprawling though Nick you called it getting into the bullshit of Tolkien's writing I disagree I think I think he I was think, waiting to get to it 
I think I think he's like this finally. Is, <laughs> this is unexpectedly tight. So the movie kind of sprawls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This book, this book is like four hundred plus pages. It's not that long. Mm-hmm. Like thinking about the story that's told in this book today, if it was published today, I think it would run to like three yeah. novels, six hundred pages plus each. Like. There's a lot that he gets through. There are big battles. There are massive showdowns. There's like some amazing traveling. There are huge moments and he gets through them pretty quick. And I kind of wonder if this is because he was a, he was a a scholar. He was a, he was an academic and he kind of was used to writing things that didn't have to be super. He wasn't writing for money. Like he wasn't writing per word. He wasn't paid per word. He was used to writing academic work, which is supposed to be, supposed to be clear and focused and tight and <laughs> i see some of that here it really is a bargain at Wait, 400 pages it's because 400 if, pages that's Man, the those thing. movies really dragged like if you just listed events that happen in these those yeah. 400 pages yeah. you would you could easily fill up a page like like yeah. just a notebook page like just this happened this happened this happened this happened like that's one page right there and that's just the bullet points right like there's a there's a ton of stuff that <laughs> I happens you were here. gonna name stuff <laughs> <laughs> and then this thing happened and that the tree <laughs> situation and the whole that, thing with the trees we talked about um, that yeah. ian is there anything you can tell us about this book that we don't already know yes i have Love some it. things to tell you guys all right we're well, all, I, we're all so, ears i don't know i don't know what you know and what you don't know just assume um, i know nothing Okay, great. These people, and I think this reflects the way Tolkien thinks about it. These people use poetry as an archive. So when people in this world want to remember things about the old days or access ancient knowledge, they don't open up their smartphones. They don't even go look at old books. They do it by quoting poetry. And Tolkien, loving to flex a little bit, he puts the poetry in. They're not just like, oh, there's a line in the poem about this, and they remember the fact. No, they have to go through the poetry and recite it out loud because they learned it because that's how knowledge is stored in their minds. Explain. So there's this super interesting point where Treebeard, the ant, not the ant, uh, meets our hobbits, Merry and Pippin. Um, Treebeard, massive tree dude. Um, sentient, very much so, very old. Talk you might slow. think he would... He would remember, talk slow. You might think he would remember things off the dome about the world. And he does remember a lot about the world. But when he meets these hobbits, he says, no, you don't exist. There is no, there is no, it's, 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 um, that speaking of star Wars, it's that line from star Wars. Uh, if an item is not in our archives, it doesn't exist. And then Obi-Wan says impossible. Perhaps the archives are incomplete. Treebeard is like, you don't exist in the old poems. You don't exist in the records. I'm remembering the poems. And then he recites it. And he's like, look, there's no mention of hobbits. You're, you're, you're hey, not Ian. real. You're not, you don't exist. Yeah. Hey, I just want to pause to appreciate you bringing in a Star Wars example to explain. Really? Yeah. The I mean, that's really, really truly excellent. Keep going. Hugely, mm-hmm. hugely nerdy. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, so Treebeard needs to access ancient knowledge. And so he recites the poem and he's like, look, there's no mention of hobbits in there. But then what later when he's acknowledged, okay, sure. These, these people, they exist. Hobbits are a thing. He's like, well, we've got to, we've got to revise the old poems. Here's, here's how it's going to sound. We're going to put this little bit into the poem so that now this will be a complete archive and I will be able to remember. I'll be able to process the knowledge of hobbits by recalling this poetry because you're in the poems when you weren't 
you didn't exist. Now you are, you do exist. I think that's super cool and trippy. That is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. I like, can, can I bring up something I really like from the movies about Treebeard? Yes. Yes. Okay. When they're talking, do you remember how like it takes Ents a long time to decide things in the movie and they talk for a really long time? I do remember that. And there's this great moment in the movie where they're like discussing, discussing, discussing for days what to do with these two little hobbits. And they finally come back and Treebird's like, we've reached a decision. We have decided that you are not orcs. Yep. It's great. Yep. It's so yep. good. <laughs> well, and this is the thing. When you when poetry is your archive, this is how you understand the world, and you run across something that doesn't match the archive, then you have to justify your senses, reality, with the archive. And in Treebeard's case, he's open-minded enough to say, yes, I will change the archive. To That's why he's in charge. Years. Yep. Joe, what's your favorite scene from the whole book? My favorite scene from the whole book. I like the, um, you know, the book you well, read for today. Okay. No, no, no. I, I like, book. so this is something I didn't like as much. I oh, thought the, the Nick, you want to say his favorite scene. Here's something he didn't like. No, <laughs> I think my you, favorite Ian. scene, I think the whole, I think the best part of the whole thing is like when they arrive at, um, Oh, the horse people, Rohan, they arrive at Rohan. the horse people, Rohan, they go in and they have to like, get the king theoden out from under the influence mm-hmm. like the the deceitful like snaky influence of what's his name worm tongue worm worm tongue played by brad dury from the movie amazing yeah um but i like the scene where they like expel where like they they theoden comes back to exercise the, the light demon. they expel worm tongue they get him mm-hmm. out of there right yeah it's cool. It's my favorite scene. I also like at a certain point, um, Gandalf has borrowed this really badass horse from Rohan. Uh, he's borrowed Shadowfax from Rohan. Mm-hmm. Shadowfax. Um, and and there's it's kind of a point of contention because at first, like Theoden had offered him any horse that he wants, and Gandalf's like, "Well, I'm going to take that one. Okay, it's I'll the, take it, your best horse. I'll take your best horse." And he kind of pissed him off. But then the people of Rohan are like, "Well, we did offer him any horse that he wants." And then they make another deal in this movie where Gandalf basically makes him agree that. It's for keeps, right? Yep. Like he's like, yeah, First I'm actually going to that. Now yeah. it's for keeps. <laughs> now I want this horse forever. And then Gandalf says, hey, you're going to go into battle and risk your lives. I'm going to go over this way, not tell you what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, trust me. Yeah. Just trust me. It's I think it would be maybe helpful to explain some of these anecdotes by fully explaining them, not just referencing them for somebody who just <laughs> read the book. But yes, very helpful, Joe. Thank you. No problem. <laughs> Joe, Calvin Christ. Oh, my favorite part was that one. It was awesome. <laughs> it's like, all right. Well, you asked what my favorite part is. I like it when Theoden is better. I like it when he when, gets better. Yeah, that's nice. Who's Theoden? Health is important. Theoden's the king of Rohan. Oh. And he's, he just wants to protect his people. Like Rohan is this horse kingdom that's like kind of involved in the war and kind of not involved in the war. Um, he just wants to protect his people. And he really has this hard time like reconciling like there's this great evil. I have some responsibility as king to like fight this great evil. But I have a bigger responsibility as king to make sure my people don't die and our armies are dilapidated and things aren't as good as they once were. And he has to make tough choices, right? Like about whether or not to marshal a force to meet them out in battle or whether to hide in, um, oh, what's it called? That I want to say Minas, Minas Tirith. That's not it. Um, Edoras. Yeah. The, or whether, whether to hide, right? Whether to like go to our bunker. Basically. Isn't he possessed and, though? At first. Well, at first. And and yeah. I think the, the, the cool thing about this character is that he is he's an old man. So even after he has kind of been exercised, even after the influence of Saruman is gone, 
he still has like some serious, Oh, what do you call it? It's like, it's like imposter syndrome. It's like, it's major, major self doubt. And this yeah. is, this sticks with him. Even after his army does an incredible job killing like hundreds of thousands of orcs, tens of thousands of orcs. He's like, well, I'm an old King and I'm, I'm bad at fighting and everything. He's kind of an Eeyore actually. Oh, and it's yeah. really, it's really interesting. Uh, reading the book again this time. I, I realized kind of the, the, the self self doubt, the guilt that he feels um, again, the characterization that I, I didn't really expect. Can I tell you another thing that I like from the movie? It, it's it's oh, Nick was just going to do a really sure. interesting little. No, it, might, it might be in the book as well. No, no, that's yeah. good. Joe, <laughs> there's a great line in the movie where um, where they're trying to convince Theoden to like go out and meet like join them in battle, and he has this line where he's like, "I will not risk open war with my people." And Aragorn speaks up, who's been like the who's been sitting quietly and he said open war is upon you whether you would risk it or not and it's like god damn god damn that's really good i like that part of the movie okay well i'm gonna cut the shit out of that little story <laughs> so fucking hard joe i hate it so much joe you wanted to do two towers this week mm-hmm. yes why well number one as we record this, it is December 22nd. And as we've discussed. Joe's in the spirit. Joe's in the, feeling I'm, the Christmas I'm spirit. The spirit. Um, so that's number one. Number two, I had put a bunch of holds on my local library and uh, two towers oh became this available. This is logistical as well. Yep. It, is. <laughs> it became God. available. Uh, and number three, um, when we, I think the first year that we've done this throw, are we going to the year three of this show? Because that's wild. It must be. It must be. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're currently we're, we're no we're currently wrapping up year three no that's wild i think one of our very first cop-outs that we did on this show or, or one of the very first kind of holiday episodes as our lives get harder to manage and we need some logistical uh buffers we talked about the fellowship of the ring we talked about the very first lord of the rings book and i thought it would be really nice to start a holiday tradition a, a new year's tradition where we talked about like books in a series sequentially so the obvious next choice was two towers after that um obviously next year we'll be doing fellowship of the ring we haven't talked about it yet but it makes a lot of sense. Uh, not fellowship of the ring return of the king return obviously the king. next year we'll be let's doing just return of the, the same too yeah. <laughs> let's just do this conversation nick, again nick you're being mean to me today <laughs> i, feel like I think nick just me. doesn't i think nick doesn't know how this book how this book fits how these books fit into our podcast fiction because the the idea of this show is that theoretically one of us hasn't read them and yeah. for whatever, for better, or for worse, all of us are quite familiar yeah. with yeah. these stories and these characters. Um, and it is, it is hard. Um, Nick isn't really ready to commit to the neck beard. Um, let's talk about Elvish. Yeah. Well, you know I what? I don't want to like, do that. One of the things I think about is like, I was um, pretty young when I read The Hobbit, right? I tried reading Lord of the Rings in high school and I found it kind of hard to read actually, right? There's a lot of, you know, Ian, you talk about like the academic style and like there's a terseness to this at certain points, right? Um, I really bounced off that because I think I wanted something like Brandon Sanderson. I wanted something like Patrick Rothfuss. Like that's the fantasy that I wanted. So I really kind of bounced off, bounced off. It wasn't until that I saw all three movies. So we're like, I'm in college at this point that I actually was able to go back and read all three books. Right. So I wonder, you know, we do t- take it as read that of course the lit heads have all read the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And what the hell are we all doing here? Like this is navel gazing or something like that. Right. Um, but like, I, I don't know that they necessarily have. 
Right. Well, I mean, we're entering a phase when uh, most of our students were born after these movies yeah. were made. Mm-hmm. For most of our, these are old movies. These yeah. are old. These oh, are old now. The other and the books, I, the books are coming up on, like the books will be coming up, they're 70 years old already. Like, well, and the other thing know. I would say is, we've talked a little bit before on this show about like what endures from generation to generation. And, um, you know, the Lord of the Rings books, these, these will be around for a long time. When I ask my students, have you seen the original Star Wars trilogy? They all have, right? Like every student has seen the original Star Wars trilogy. When I ask them if they've seen Lord of the Rings, only the nerdy kids have. Ooh. They have not lasted in the same way that other franchises, that other things have lasted, I don't think. So I think like for uh, the young litheads, of which we have many on this show, for the young litheads, I think Lord of the Rings is kind of this cultural phenomenon that they might be vaguely aware of, but have never dipped their toe into. And I think it's, um, I think it's awesome. And I think they should. Litheads, we love you very much. We hope you love us back. If you want to support the show, the best thing that you can do is tell a bookish friend. If you want to go above and beyond, you can leave a review, leave a rate, subscribe, do all those things. Um, we have a website, you don't know litpodcast.com. We're on social media everywhere that you would expect us to be. Um, at the website, you can uh, suggest a book suggest a theme we've been on a roll lately with themes mm-hmm. and books suggested by lit um but they're great uh you guys do a better job of coming up with themes than good old nick does here so keep them coming so we're not subjected to his tyranny oh, uh, kind of mean <laughs> well ian and i also we've, we've yeah, we produced, also we're also we've produced very a good couple of stinkers yes we've produced a couple stinkers i think that's it see you lit and joe has Taken off his headphones and dived into a nearby lake. Walked mm-hmm. out he of the woods, yeah. fully nude. I'm going to. Fully I mean, we've, we've been talking a lot about. Um, we've been talking about details that may or may not be useful. And we've been. I, I mentioned the poetry as archive thing, which I think is fascinating. Um, I'm going to read you a, a poem that Sam speaks. It's, it's, uh, is it a poem or a song? Because if it's a song, I think you should sing it. Okay. It is a poem. Right. No, I'm not going to sing that. I'm not going to. Put the lid heads through it. It's also it's also a poem, not a song. So um, Sam and Frodo and Gollum are pouncing around through the, the woods of Ithilien and they see uh, they see an elephant out in the woods. And Sam is saying, um, like, that's an elephant that exists. It, it's real. And Gollum is saying, no, that's not. I don't want that to exist. That's not. No, no. I, I reject this reality. And so Sam goes to his archive, his mental archive, and he's like, I got a poem about it. Now, does the elephant come back and like play a major role in kicking Frodo into the mountain? Nope. The elephant sort of leaves and and Tolkien says, then the elephant left and I'm not going to tell you anything more about the elephant. The elephant is over. Goodbye. But we have this moment where Sam gets to recite poetry about the elephant. Here it is. Gray as a mouse, big as a house. Nose like a snake, I make the earth shake. As I tramp through the grass, trees crack as I pass. With horns in my mouth, I walk in the south, flapping big ears. Beyond count of years, I stump round and round, never lie on the ground, not even to die. Oliphant am I, biggest of all, huge, old and tall. If ever you'd met me, you wouldn't forget me. If you never do, you won't think I'm true. But old Oliphant am I, and I never lie. Mm.